Deshmukh and welcome you all to new episode of Sportsy. Let's talk sports. This is where we talk about fun aspects of sports and the informative aspects of sports. And uh, we talk to a lot of people who have been uh, who are players or administrators or the companies who are doing great job in sports industry. Today we have a, a special guest who is a thorough a sports management professional career with IMG career with uh, Total Sports Asia as a MD South Asia and. Uh, now the md and the co-founder of baseline venture one of the most promising and one of the leading sports management firm in india having multiple properties from events to talent to having the sports property everything all together we have with us uh, tuhin mishra hi tuhin hey hi sir great to have you here for the viewers tuhin mishra is the md co-founder of baseline venture and a thorough sports management professional for many years been a general manager with img has been a, a head of south asia for total sports asia tsa and now for last 7 to 8 years uh, it's uh, with, with uh, handling the baseline venture and the amazing portfolio that they have so today we'll be talking about uh, all the great female athlete that baseline venture has it and we will be uh, discussing about what it takes to be a female athlete on the marketing side branding side and uh, something that people want to know from a sports management as an industry the career aspirants so tuhin uh, welcome on board c let's talk sports thanks a lot said uh, thanks a lot for having me here just to kind of correct uh, baseline we are in our sixth year of operations sixth year sorry so, yes <laughs> but yeah yes. sometimes it does feel it is eight or 10 years but yes <laughs> yeah it's 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 been there right it's like it's the time since uh, indian sports industry came there uh, you you were there except ipl i think everywhere every other sports industry thing that grew in sports industry you've been there from the inception only ipl probably started a few years before uh, as a matter of fact no i mean i was with ing since uh, 2000 see ipl happened in 2008 but yes when ipl was happening i had just left ing before that but my uh, few of my solo co-founders they were all part of ipl so it's a, it's a solid team brings a, a, a probably century long a sports management experience among themselves so i think it's a yes uh, effectively, effectively yes if we combine all our all to, exactly yes, exactly we would be close to raising a bat of hitting a century <laughs> with raising the bat i want to have my first question about uh, to you about the female athletes rosters that you have and uh, obviously nobody can miss what smriti has done what jamie is doing i think the double treble is phenomenal pv uh, so it's it's a great roster and, and it goes on like dipika kumari you're talking about joshna the current sensation of shefali as well right it's a, a 16 year old uh, getting at in the stage of the world cup cricket t20 i think it was amazing so what made you get this amazing female roster and start focusing on the female brands in at baseline so uh, sir just to kind of uh, take you back which is when we uh, had started with our talent division uh, within baseline so sindhu and shrikant they were the first two signings for us or actually they were signed almost together so not in particular that we were kind of focusing on a female athlete only so with all due respect it was uh, with both sindhu and shrikant whom we signed is just that rio olympics happened and obviously sindhu uh, came to a completely different league which yes. we all know uh, and again uh, 
but the fact of the matter is that obviously a lot of work was also being done for Shrikant, mm-hmm. uh, Kidambi Shrikant. And uh, he's an amazing player. And during this yes. period, Shrikant had also become world number one. He's won Correct. four super series in a year, which only three people in the world have done till now. I mean, no yes. other Indian uh, badminton player has ever done that, which yes. is not a small achievement. Um, but yes, Sindhu, obviously, with her performances and her consistent performances, uh, yeah, she was obviously creating all the news. And uh, what we also managed to do was that we went ahead and we was uh, we were marketing her well, and uh, and a lot of brands we were able to create interest with a lot of brands, and a lot of brands came forward and started endorsing her as well, or taking yes. her for her on board as a brand ambassador, and uh, so that kind of worked. I would say in, in multiple forms uh, in mm-hmm. terms of making the brand PV Sindhu as we all know today. Yeah. And uh, that actually got into the Forbes list of uh, one of the highest paid female celebrities. Yes, absolutely. Oh. And that's wonderful. And I'm uh, with probably all the credit goes to Sindhu, uh, yes. what she has done and what she has achieved. And she has kept on evolving also over a period of time. So if you see the Sindhu of 2016 versus Sindhu of 2020, there is a difference in terms of the way she manages herself, the way yeah. what she has achieved till now. And mind you, she is still only 24 now. Exactly. And we feel that she's been there for ages now. Yes. So she still has a lot of years ahead of her. Yes. And uh, she is a phenomenon, or a phenomenon, yeah. as we call it. I'm sure uh, she, she will bring a lot more accolades for India. Yes. And uh, yeah, we are just looking forward to that. Hope uh, the, the Tokyo happens soon. And uh, we get to see that something something other than Avinav Bindra to have a gold. Yeah, so that, yes, exactly. So, uh, uh, so I have a question. How is it different to manage a female athlete vis-a-vis a male athlete? Uh, it's a good question, Sid. Uh, and actually, when you're asking, and if I look back, uh, it's uh, a lot of times, there's not much of a difference. Mm-hmm. There's not much of a difference also. Yes. When you are handling a female athlete, uh, you have to be a little more sensitive about certain things. You have to be a little more adaptable to their own situations. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, otherwise, all of them are professionals. So whether it's a male athlete or a female athlete, they are professionals. Mm-hmm. They understand that they are there to do certain work. There's an agreement if they have signed. Uh, they know, you know it needs to be performed. There are certain deliverables that need to be met. And... Uh, even in terms of uh, in kind of personal handling, it is almost similar to what you would experience with a male athlete as well. Uh, right. At least the kind of roster of athletes that we have, mm-hmm. uh, both females and males, we, in a way, I don't think we've come across a situation where you know we have to set aside a special formula to right. manage a female athlete and that mm-hmm. formula is different with a male athlete. Right. And it, it goes with a certain amount of trust also that you build over a period of time. Trust not only with the athlete, but also with the athlete's family. And it, and it kind of goes down with both males and females. And it's also a function of at what stage of the life you've got associated with the athlete. Correct. Whether it's a female athlete or a male athlete. So obviously your bond becomes stronger. Uh, you know, when you are kind of managing them from a, I would say, a nascent stage or an mm-hmm. initial stage of the career versus when you have, st- you know, uh, tried to kind of get yourself associated at a later date. 
I'm not right. saying, but sometimes our relationships have really kind of clicked even in the first six months of our association right. yeah. with athletes. So it's all, each has his own way of, uh, right. you know, in terms of there's a, there's never a one size. Uh, yeah, fits all the formula. Kind of yeah. Yeah. So, uh, uh, okay. So, for a brand ma- talent management company, uh, I think as you said rightly, with it's it's a similar uh, obviously other than the sensitivity part of it or being more uh, cautious about some of the situation being a female athlete. I think everything is is the same. Are the brands also perceiving it the same way? See, uh, the brands also. What has happened is, and I would say Sindhu in that sense has been a. A revelation and a case study also in the Indian sports marketing because uh, in, in terms of and it's well documented as well that with Sindhu we've managed to break the glass ceiling in terms yes. of the endorsement fee that uh, she has managed to get uh, in terms of clients who are willing or brands which are willing to pay for her services uh, and it has actually paved way for a lot of other female athletes as well to expect that or to aspire that kind of a situation, obviously it's a function of the performance yeah. as well. It is, right. you know, uh, just a certain uh, medal here or there will not catapult a, a certain female athlete or a male athlete into that level. It is always yeah. it is performance. So what you do on field, a lot of time translates into uh, what happens off field. Yes, there are also situations where a cert, uh, there are athletes, and I'm not saying or getting into names, but there are a lot of athletes which we feel haven't been marketed well or things have not happened for them. It's also a function of the team which handles them. So that also becomes important, which company manages you, how much of uh, effort they are going to make or put to market that particular athlete. Correct. Uh, I think you you said it very well. The brands are also looking at it. uh, I think for them, it is about they have to believe and uh, it's our responsibility or uh, the, the agency's responsibility to give a, a right spin to matching the brand attributes with the brands. Yes, uh, it's also a function of the storytelling, right? So when you are looking yes. at uh, a brand and you take a female athlete, and I'm, since we are talking about female athletes now, uh, it is also what kind of story the brand wants to say that yes. story matches with the athlete. Sometimes the relationships are also very transactional with all due respect. That, oh, you know, that this athlete has this many following, let me just do a one-off deal. Right. You know, that kind of a thing also happens in the market. And I'm not saying it's right or wrong. But those yeah. are more, I would say, transactional relationships. Right? It is, you're not getting into the brand story. You're not getting into building something. Mm-hmm. Yes, when you get into a proper brand story, it's a long-term deal. Then you're looking a lot more than just an Instagram following and a Twitter following or a Facebook followers. Right? And that's where we always hope that brands look at that. But again, sometimes the marketing marketing objectives are different. And accordingly, then those deals are structured. Yeah. Uh, and uh, honestly speaking, that uh, th- we, we live in a lot of uh, taboos around us. And uh, Sindhu coming up with the, the sanitary pad ad, I think was one of the revolutionary ad, honestly speaking, if I look at because we've been watching the models. Uh, doing those ads, and uh, we know it's 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 a thing which is required. Uh, it's 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 not something taboo. It, it is something which is the day-to-day uh, kind of thing for for a for a female for a woman. And as athlete at Sindhu's level coming and talking it out, I think that change a lot of thing on the perception. And I use that case study at whenever I go and speak at the at the schools with the young kids and everything. I use that case study. The way that changed the vision, I think that was phenomenal. Did you feel any apprehension? Uh, 
from athletes if these kind of things are coming up uh, as as a brand do we, or our athletes are also new age athletes are also opening up more uh, to give back with one is the commercial side but also give back to the society with the right message no not at all and i must give a lot of credit to johnson and johnson for that uh, so when they uh, we had got into a discussion with them in terms of having an endorsement uh, arrangement with sindhu and johnson and johnson and that was stay free as the brand stay free yeah. uh, and uh, so when we took the entire concept and the deal uh, to sindhu and her family um, i must give also credit to them that they were very kind of forthcoming in this uh, because they always also felt that it's not just the whole commercial aspect but it's obviously a, a, a larger uh, yes. message uh, or a stronger message that needs to go out and uh, sindhu being a role model for girls across the country then why not uh, yeah. and uh, it this kind of a message should not be just limited to uh, say uh, uh, a model or a bollywood actor or something it is sports people as well and how they manage uh, the situations that they all deal with and this is something which has been actually uh, covered in our uh, uh, the first episode of double trouble list Yes. Uh, uh, Smithy and Jemmy had asked this question to Sindhu, and uh, I think all the three girls kind of, I would say personally, kind of handled it amazingly well. Yeah. And they shared, they shared the experiences, which probably could be, uh, I would say, a lot of women across the country can identify with, and also get strength. And uh, uh, they would relate to the whole situation that probably every woman on this earth kind of uh, they face and undergo. Yeah. and believe me i have taken those snippets from that videos uh, inside my presentation whenever i speak now i i i i'm with followers of that uh, double trouble thing it's like it's it's too much it's like it's it's real fun uh, honestly speaking the credit goes to smriti and jemmy for doing it at the same time it credit goes to you guys to use the nice faces with lot of followership liking and getting the right message out i think it's kudos to you guys for doing that as well now Okay, so now I'm to one side. We are talking about Sindhu as a, a okay different iconic figure. Now we come to the cricket part of it, where we know cricket is a, like a religion in India, but the women cricket is still picking up. It's in early stage, and you have a roster of the four, I think four or five uh, female athletes. Out of the two, are the top top uh, girls, and obviously Shefali is breaking into the thing, and Radha, I think she's also a great uh, uh, prospect. So how do you deal with somebody like Smriti who is completely I'll not say introvert but reserved, and Jamie who is completely extrovert or outspoken. It's not like about the age difference; it's about the way you are. How do you deal with somebody like Jamie specifically to get her the brand, and somebody like Smriti to get her a brand because of the completely opposite personalities? So, uh, as a matter of fact, while uh, and I will kind of explain all the four uh, girls uh, in a way, uh, the four cricketers whom we manage, yeah. which is uh, Smriti, Jamie, uh, Shefali, and Radha. so smriti our association obviously goes back longer this is right after 2017 world cup and um, it was a interesting uh, thing uh, kind of conversation that we had and we got her on board and the the interesting part about smriti is that while she might come across sometimes that she is a little more reserved or a little introvert as a matter of fact she is not and uh, probably the show double trouble also showed Uh, or has shown certain aspects of her personality that uh, she has a certain sense of humor which is very different so it yeah. might not be on your face kind of a humor but she is actually very funny 
and uh, very witty she is very witty very witty and uh, yeah. uh, she is a very thinking uh, cricketer yes. in the sense that she is very mature and her maturity kind of kind of transcends beyond her age uh, yeah. so while smriti is 23 uh, uh, you know the kind of uh, how do i say the personality that she has uh, you know you would actually think that yeah. oh, probably she is much older uh, and that's the kind of level headedness that she has uh, on the other hand jemi who's 19 uh, she is the young bubbly girl and yeah. very vivacious and she can uh, you know uh, she is very lively and she has all the sparks and again uh, while she, that's also very interesting about jemi is that at one hand while she comes across as a very extrovert but she's also someone who's uh, uh, i would say a thinking person Uh, mm-hmm. she has a lot of emotions and uh, a lot of times uh, you know people might just see the funny side of her yeah. but she she also has a kind of a serious okay. side a, a mature side and she is also pretty mature for her age yes. uh, coming to shefali uh, yeah. great shefali yeah. is again uh, someone uh, and again our situation with shefali in that sense is very recent very uh, we recent. find her sometime around january if i'm not mistaken yes. and uh, january of 2020 and just before they were about to leave for uh, the australia uh, tour i mean they had that tri series yeah. and then the world cup and uh, so shifali we are in the process of knowing her more but whatever we've known her over this period uh, an extremely extremely confident girl for a 16 year old very clear in her mind very clear in terms of what she wants even if she's talking to us you know that sir i want this kind of a bat i want this kind of a thing so when you know we are talking yeah. the bat manufacturers there are certain very specific messages which go out you know sir i can do this so even if there's a commercial that had to be done she she was very clear in terms of what she wanted to do or, or what she can do and what she can't do so for a 16 year old to have that clarity and have the clarity of mind uh, kind of speaks volumes of of what she is as a person and what she will be uh, going ahead or going yeah. forward and probably that reflects in her batting as well because it shows a very fearless kind of batting that she does it could be a function of age as well because at 16 uh, you know a lot of times you have nothing to lose and you are just there to prove yourself Correct. yeah but what she has done uh, it's been amazing and uh, the fourth one that we have is radha uh, radha again is a, a i would say a very sweet girl uh, again very young and probably uh, you know she is a she is an all-rounder she bats very yeah. well she bowls well and she is also a fielder an amazing yeah. fielder and uh, so uh, again each have their own own distinct personality and that's what makes our job also interesting because when you're speaking right. with brands uh, every brand also looks at different kind of uh, personalities yes i think uh, you put it pretty well i think uh, uh, so it's about about their personality and how brands are looking at it uh, how do you think you look at the in, other people like apurvi phenomenal talent right uh, that that we have and uh, dipika is the is a proven performer joshna is a proven performer how do you how do you work on uh, do you work on their mental aspect from the marketing side because we know those sport do not get the visibility that probably they deserve so how do you deal with those kind of situation when you know that okay they are the world champion they are they are there but they don't have the visibility for almost 2 to 3 years till the time some world world series happens uh vis-a-vis pv sindhu or or cricketers so how do you deal with them uh, do you 
like do you get into that side or it is your your that is left to the the mental coach of their what they have so uh with respect with again as you rightly said the other female athletes that we have we have an apurvi chandela uh on association is for the last 7 8 months 9 months uh, then we have uh, joshna chinappa also our association has been recent uh, that that aspect uh, then dipika kumari also has been pretty recent i would say 4 months back when we signed her on board uh and uh, also uh, another female athlete that we have is nikhat zarin whom we signed around yeah, a year back correct. right Boxer. and uh, and again and, uh, each one of them uh, firstly they are all world champions correct. so whether it is a apurvi or a, a nikhat or a joshna or a dipika kumari and uh, to answer your question yes we don't at this point in time get into the mental aspect because uh, you know they have their own i would say A, a team in place which looks into that aspect and there are certain things we don't want also want to kind of get into uh, because mm-hmm. we feel if there is a certain system which is working for them then why change something which is correct uh, something which for them is they are already with yes now we are always happy to provide any help if it is required uh, we've also done that where we used um, uh, one of the top um, mental coaches of this country uh, shri adwani who's pankaj adwani is a brother and he's amazing he's an amazing guy and uh, so we've used his services with couple of our players in the past and uh, so we are always ready to provide those services if it is asked for uh, and we also try and see where it is required and if a player asks for it because a lot of times the federation is there they provide Correct. they also associated with certain organizations where they provide them with certain mental aspect and training so we take a back step in those cases where it is not required okay so uh, how how are these athletes uh, face the glamour because they come they are known for their sport and uh, suddenly yes there is a glamour part when you talk about the endorsement uh, celebrity management there is a glamour to it how do they deal with that somebody like shefali i will t- will start probably at, at the shefali's level pv is now mature i think she is now the uh, in the leagues of kohli uh, and dhonis of the world uh, that is what for the female athlete she is she is reached there uh, but somebody like shefali who is raw needs to be groomed for certain things uh, that comes on the way or somebody uh, like deepika kumari or somebody who is it's it's like they need to be seen so how do you uh, train them or how are they looking at the glamour part of it so uh sid these are i would say a slow and gradual process uh, we specifically don't want to push them uh, or we try to push them to suddenly start looking glamorous because what happens is that uh, and we've seen it from our experience and i'm saying experience of last 20 years sometimes a lot of athletes we see they are being pushed into wearing certain kind of clothes yeah. certain kind of attire which somehow doesn't gel with their personality and uh, we strongly believe that you should make your presence felt what by not what you wear but what you speak right right so it is uh, rather it is important that we try and uh, kind of impress upon the athlete to speak well and it doesn't mean that you have to speak in english it could be hindi it could be any language but when you are speaking then obviously there are certain people who are following you and when when they are following you 
then you need to make sense. You need to inspire people because they are looking at you as role model. And you could be at, at any age in the, in the spectrum. So you could be a 25-year-old girl or you could be a 16-year-old girl. Correct. And these things, people improve with time. People improve hmm. with opportunities. So we don't want, uh, we never try and put pressure on our athletes that, oh, you have to do this, you have to do this. No, let it be a slow, gradual process because at the end of the day, uh, it's, it's a double-edged sword because if you concentrate too much on that and your performances on the field yeah. kind of start dipping, then people will jump on you, media will jump on you that, oh, you know, you've become this and you've yeah. actually left the most important part which has actually made you, which is your performance yeah. on the field. So it's a very thin line. Yes, glamour at a certain level is important. But at the if you ask uh, any athlete or at least our athletes, we never push them to generally try to be glamorous or try to add glamour to the element just for the heck of it. Let it be a natural process. And every person has their own, uh, how do I say, a domain um, uh, strength. Right. So use that strength to your advantage instead mm -hmm. of trying to become something which you are not. I think what I could get out of it is is a very good message for the parents of uh, the young athletes that they should be looking at the performance and let the performance take you to the level. Everything else, people will follow you if you have, if you are performing, you have a story, if your dedication, persistent, people will follow you and people need the, need to, need the icons. You need the icons and you need the icons and you don't need to be the most eloquent, the most suave, the most well-dressed to be uh, the icon. Yes. Right. Uh, so as long as you are confident about yourself, people will sit and notice and will listen to you, right. and will will be ready to accept you as a role model. They will they they will not accept you as a role model just because you are wearing a flashy chain, or wearing a flashy T-shirt or a jacket yeah. or whatever, and you start doing various stuff just to right. create that style statement. A lot of times, people do get influenced by those stuff. As well, and I'm, I'm I'm talking about athletes in general across yes. all over the world. We've been uh, we know that the disparity of payments that happens between the male and female, and also we don't want to go, get to that issue. Uh, we know that also happens in the the celebrity endorsement model at certain level as well. Not everybody is going to that level, uh, but do you think the sport is doing enough for the female athletes? Uh, like we, the IPL is so successful, but other than the exhibition match, it has not gone ahead. Like what Big Bash has done for the female or the Kia has done for uh, in, in, uh, in Europe, uh, in, in UK. Do you think the Indian sport has still not done those, those kind of activities, enhance the whole level of female athletes? See, in that aspect, uh, if you ask me, yes, there's a Big Bash, there's a, there used to be a Kia Super League and now they were turning into something else uh, yeah. from this year, which unfortunately hasn't happened. But... What BCCI has also done for women cricket, it is actually phenomenal because a lot of parents uh, probably don't realize or understand that if you look at a team sport per se, women cricket currently is the highest paid team sport in our country. Oh, so if, okay. you are centrally, if you are a centrally contracted player of BCCI, I'm talking from a women mm -hmm. sport per se, the, your annual payouts are a lot more compared to any other sport. So, if you are actually playing cricket and you are playing cricket for India, I am leaving aside the endorsement aspect. As women cricketers, depending on whether you are in grade A, grade B or grade C or whatever those three yeah. grades are, 
uh, in terms of the terminology which is used. Yes. Depending upon whatever grade that you are in, the annual amount that you are you are kind of promised or you are supposed to get is a lot more than any other sport in our country. Mm -hmm. So in that aspect, BCCI has done an amazing job. So as a woman cricketer, you are actually secured financially. Right. Which, sorry to say, a lot of other sports in our country, and I'm talking about every other sport in our country, doesn't have that luxury. So in that aspect, it is amazing. And we've done a, a league ourselves, which is a pro volleyball league uh, in 2019. And we know a lot of times economics need to work to make a league in place. Yes. So BCCI obviously had started with an IPL, which is for men. And slowly they have started with the women uh, exhibition matches. And I'm sure down the line, the uh, uh, kind of a women IPL will also see the light of the day. It's just a matter of time. I'm 100% sure about that. What people don't realize that at the end of the day, you need a certain pool of players to make six teams or eight teams. If yeah. you don't have that, then, you know, if you're doing a three-team league or a four-team it kind of doesn't give you that impact. So, you need a certain pool of players. So, you need a pool of players at least of 150, 200, when you're talking about cricket, yeah. which has Sorry. 11 players. So, 11 plus, say, you have five or six uh, on the bench. So, you need 16 into whatever. Yeah. You know, the number of teams that you're looking at. So you And you need good quality play to happen. Because at the end of the day, you don't want to have a league and the quality of play is so atrocious that uh, that people don't want yeah. to watch. Exactly. So, Correct. all factors have to be taken into account. It is not just that, oh, 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 let me do something just for the heck of it. Yeah. So, even when we did our uh, a, a league, a volleyball league, we had actually had an exhibition match. We did it in year mm -hmm. one itself. No other league had done that for women. We did it in year one itself of our league because we wanted to showcase how the women volleyball also looks. Globally, it's a big thing, but everything has a time and place. And I'm sure it's just a matter of probably a year or so when we will also have women cricket happening or a league happening for women cricketers as well. Right. So, uh, I think in, uh, you, you mentioned about how uh, the Indian cricketers, female cricketers are secure now, uh, at least financially uh, doing it. But uh, do you, as a talent management agency, working yeah. with it, or, or, or somebody who is aspirational to be in a talent management agency, do you deal with uh, the aspects of plan B for the athletes for, for their future security? What we tell them, and it's not to do with just women uh, athletes, but also uh, male athletes, we do tell them uh, first to, to finish their at least a graduation, even if it is long distance. Very a nice. lot of athletes do drop out. They don't finish post 12 or they're in their college and they don't, don't compete it. And there's no harm in at least finishing your graduation. And it can be done. If someone is, uh, is serious enough and someone is, uh, how do I say, are willing to put in a little bit of hard, uh, hard work, it can be done. Sindhu, a lot of people don't know, Sindhu has done her MBA. Yes. Now, now Sindhu, with all her... Uh, tough schedule that is there and they play close to 15 tournaments in a year and it is a rigorous sport. It is not an easy yeah. sport. It's a out and out, uh, you know, a strenuous sport. So, if she can uh, manage to take her time, sit for her exams and obviously graduate, I'm sure a lot of people can do it. It is not a function of, you know, you're getting a first division or a second division or something. It's just a basic knowledge. It, and we all know education is always important. 
So a plan B, the basis of a plan B is obviously first is get up at least your basic education in place. Then okay. yes, always tell them that you know uh, obviously when they are kind of going through the through their ranks, you don't want to put create doubts in their minds. But I am sure at a certain time or a certain level or a certain point in time, they know whether they can go to that next level or you know they are reaching a plateau and they have to look at other options. Right. So, so I think in in our scheme of things, uh, I would say. Thankfully, most of the athletes are very young in our roster, so yes. we had to kind of really get into it. Uh, and there are a couple of them who are there at their, uh, I would say, pinnacle uh, of their career. I'm sure uh, there are certain things being uh, talked about and hopefully things fall in place. Being coaches, uh, creating an academy, yeah. uh, trying to give back to the sport. So those are things that that are, that is being currently being spoken about. Right. Won't be fair to speak about which Obviously, athletes yeah. now, but yes, those are things which which we are doing. Being technical side and using the management side, how do you grow the sports? I think you spoke about the academies and the coaching side and all those things. I think it's a uh, fair, uh, the perfect answer to it. So now, uh, and very well said about the education. I think it is very uh, important. So uh, I have a, I have a last question. Now we are, we spoke about the athletes. And uh, then probably plan B beyond them. We spoke about education, so I think we answered some of the questions by the parents or the athletes, uh, female athletes. Question. Now I have a question for aspirants who wants to be in the sports industry. Then now we start seeing a lot of girls coming into the MBA sports management. They were like event side of it, marketing side of it. So what is that they need to do? Because it's always uh, understood, un unfortunately uh, considered that uh, events is a late night and all those things. It's, it's a male dominant society. Media is a male dominant society. So what all things that you can tell them that, okay, in the sports management purview, uh, the career of options for girls, which also gives the confidence to parents that and clear, clear those doubts that they may have. Right. So, uh, Sid, I can only say from the experience that I've, yes. I've had and I've seen uh, across organizations that I've worked for and obviously baseline, which is that if you're a girl and if a girl, uh, kid is interested in sports and has a passion for sports, then it's a, it's a perfect uh, place to be in. She can be involved in any aspect of the organization which is into sports, whether it is marketing, whether it is sales, whether it is legal, whether it is... Uh, whatever licensing and merchandising, whether it is pro television production, whether it is event management, Correct. and I'm talking about from a sports uh, point of view. So the girl can be involved in any of these aspects. It's it's a function of whether she really enjoys this job or not. Yes. It doesn't have to do with any kind of a safety issues or anything of those kinds. It is a safe place. It is probably one of the safest places. It is a place where people have fun. You know, exactly. we all enjoy. So, Correct. whether in one, whatever aspect that you're involved with, whether it is an event, whether it is a, a sports work, whether you are managing an athlete, we all enjoy. We all have fun, yeah. and that is the basis. Uh, so, if your girl wants to kind of take up this as a profession, yes, it's a brilliant profession. Um, over a period of time, it pays you well as well. Uh, but most importantly, you have fun, and uh, so as long as you have that job satisfaction. And, uh, and, and we see a lot of girls and now we come across a lot of girls who yes. are in the industry who are passionate about sports. So it's right. not just a male thing. It's not like a boy's thing. Yes. So you have girls who are managers of, of uh, sports people or sports athletes. There, you have girls who are handling sports law. Uh, yes. You have girls who are uh, kind of obviously into event management and everything. So 
I mean, this industry, in that sense, is fairly well uh, kind of spread out. I think very well said, and uh, this is this is what parents also want to listen to. That when they come and ask, is it a good industry? Is it a new industry? What all things happen? All those things. So I think you pulled pretty well. And coming from person like you who has uh, so much of experience across uh, the multinational and running your own firm as well, I think it speaks a lot. One 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 thing I just want to know from you is like, how do you look at the, the CSR as an angle? Uh, towards the grassroots for female development because CSR is aligned with the sustainable development goals and all those things. So how do you think uh, that plays a big role uh, in the development of uh, this? So I have two points of view in that, which is one, that obviously it is very important. Uh, there is this whole girl-child, girl development and everything aspect which the government is running anyways. Now you add sports to it. Now that girl-child development could be at various levels, right? Which is at education, which could be at hygiene, which could be at sports, which could be at uh, skill development. Correct. Right. So those are various aspects, and you're obviously combining the whole the the, uh, the girl uh, uh, perspective also into that, right? Mm -hmm. And obviously it can be attributed to men or boys also to it. But since we are talking about girls here, so that is one aspect. The other aspect is that I also see a lot of people who just do it for the sake of it. Right. And that is where my personal issue is that uh, uh, there are people who don't do it genuinely. Mm -hmm. It requires, it is just not just creating a foundation. It's not just trying to get some money from here and there and trying to just to create an, an award show, trying to do something. And it is actually not being done at a grassroots level. So these right. things have to be done at a grassroots level, which is going to affect generations or it will going to affect a certain uh, class of people and yes. Um, but yes it is important there are companies who want to do it and genuinely want to do it how well those funds are being utilized uh, how well it is actually percol percolating it to that lowest level that mm -hmm. needs to come because at the end of the day a parent who is coming from a, a little less privileged uh, society is not able to fulfill those ambitions yeah. and dreams exactly. of of this child, yes. whether a girl or a boy, then this whole uh, facade of creating the CSR and all those things that it actually, you know, goes down the drain. So right. our request is only that, that whoever is starting these kind of organizations or this kind of work, it is really commendable at the first place because we need people to do that. But we have to ensure that it's actually percolating at the lowest level. And it is not just made a spectacle that, oh, you know, we are trying to do something and it this is more of a media kind of a hype than actual right. work which is happening. Yeah. So if that can happen, yeah. because we come across, uh, said a lot of kids who reach out to us. Now, we are not a, a CSR organization. It's not yeah. that sitting with CSR funds and, oh, okay, I can dole out this and that because there are certain rules also how a CSR yeah. money can be used. Uh, so, yes, there are organizations which do that and some organizations do wonderful job as well. Yes. We are also aware of that. And I'm not uh, kind of naming uh, those organizations, but yes, there are certain organizations we are doing amazing work and it has benefited a lot of athletes. Right. Uh, and that's what, there are certain checks and balances that needs to be there. That's right. our only mission. I think very well put forward, uh, Tuvin. I think uh, this chat can go on and on, uh, but I think uh, uh, we have come to the time where uh, it's uh, just want to say it was wonderful talking to you. It's fun to understand the man behind the whole thing and uh, the face that you have given to the women uh, athletes from the from the branding to marketing to PR, 
teaching uh, teaching them telling them being their friend and walking across with them i think it's phenomenal kudos to you and more and more uh, power to you with supporting more and more female athletes we we have heroes we need more and more heroes and i think uh, you're playing a phenomenal job in that uh, thank you so much thank you so much for your kind words uh, said uh, it's yes. always a pleasure to interact with you and know you as a person as well so thanks a lot and i best of luck to your show as well yes thank you and uh, talk to you soon yeah bye Thank you.